0: And I'm Amber. Welcome back.
1: We are so excited to be back in the studio. Hope everybody had a great holiday season and happy new year.
0: A new year means new ideas. So, teachers, do you have an instructional strategy that gives you the (laughs) chills, but not the good kind? (laughs) Then, this episode (laughs) is for you.
1: And with that, I'm going to issue a warning to administrators listening. We know you're probably not going to like what we have to say. But I promise we know what we're talking about and stick with us because the end, it will all come back around. I'm glad Amy gave everyone a little
0: warning. We just need to make sure that everyone understands what instructional strategies are for a teacher. Mm -hmm. And why we can't stand them so the mental
1: (laughs) anguish
0: the mental (laughs) anguish that is tied to them for example all teachers will understand this we have to call something like a formative assessment it's It's just a test test. it's a test it's just a test that you grade but good stuff someone said "Hold oh
1: on, but how many meetings did you sit through as they were talking about formative assessment and you're like what what is that what are they talking about what and no one there was no
0: slide show out there that said formative assessment
1: equals equals test,
0: test. <laughs> what about summative assessments what what <laughs> um okay that's just you being like you got it as a teacher. Look, I'm looking at your paper. Good job. You've just completed a summative assessment. <laughs> but there are all these buzzwords and connections, and we have to talk to our administrators about how many formative assessments and summative. It's just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. As teachers, so many instructional strategies, and the ones we're targeting in our podcast today are the... Ones that are pushed out from a district or a school that we as teachers then have to jump through hoops to slowly showcase that that one one thing doesn't really work in a classroom
1: because be in a... three years they'll tell you that it doesn't work. But for now, <laughs> even though you Everyone know it's must not to it. work, <laughs> right? You
0: better do it because this is the only way students can learn and. And that's our rub uh, with all of our years of experience and why we chose to do this podcast.
1: It's because, I mean, in the end, we're really just mad. <laughs> we're kind
0: of pissed about this.
1: We are. I mean, but the thing is, like, again, we we love our jobs. We would not be here 21 years later, right? Like, right. we love our jobs. We love our students. We're here to teach, to make a difference, to do, I mean, you listen to our, our why, but being told how to do that after we went to college to learn how to do that after we've been in the classroom for 21 years, I, I mean, there's nothing more demoralizing as a teacher or a professional than sitting in a room being told how to do what you know how to do. Ooh. Students don't like that, right? Like they don't love to be told time and time again, how to do something that they know how to do. They want, they've mastered it Mastery oh, content bring mastery. It. You did so they've mastered it, <laughs> but we're right. going to keep telling them how to do it.
0: It's true. So that is that is where our our path is going today, and really something that I think teacher all teachers understand because in the last mm-hmm. ten years this has been such a big change in education, yes. and
1: probably part of the reason why so many of us are peace. Peace out. Well. Yeah. And I think also, and admins listening to this, we know it's not always you that wants to do this. We understand that. We understand that there may be a legislator sitting in Congress or somewhere that's been there for way too long and has said that this is going to work and they're making you do it. We get that, but we're tired of it. Think about this. How many instructional strategies do you think you've been told to use? Mm -hmm or have used in your career told to use in 19
0: years probably (laughs) like 30 (laughs) yeah but yeah and had to use Mm -hmm. at least seven uh so Mm -hmm. much so that like I have vivid memories because I we've sort of told this story that I was a lateral entry teacher. I didn't know what I was doing. So maybe some instructional strategy um, techniques would have been helpful. And I sort of stumbled my way through that first year and a half. And then I went to a middle school where we had the PDSA instructional strategy. Every classroom had to have a board and Every week you had to literally write up, and mine was paper, because I don't even know if whiteboards existed at that time, (laughs) Um, but it was on the back of my, it was like a bulletin board I had to update every week by Friday. We had these like breakdown sheets, and there was all, I mean, everything was PDSA, PDSA, and I remember I got probably a month and a half into my department head saying PDSA, and I just sort of, like, raised my hand, like, what, what does it is that? Like, why are we talking yes. about this? I've never heard this before. Um, and that's really what started the you must post everything you're doing as if the students care what you've written on the board. Um, but it was at least simplified. And I didn't hate it. It sort of helped me, I don't know, you know direct my instruction, but my students didn't Mm care. I was like, let's graph your progress on that one. Nobody cares. Nobody.
1: Like, no. And how, how many hours did you spend coming up with objectives that were meeting all the expectations? And then you get started and you're like, this is our objective. And the students are like, okay, what does that mean?
0: Well, it just goes to show you like so many people are making the decisions on instructional strategies are people who have never taught students. And that is there. Or
1: did, but did 20 years ago. And you and I, who have been in the classroom, you know, I started in 2003. Instruction is totally different in 2023 versus 2003. So we didn't have cell phones in 2003. We didn't have social media and the things that are out there today. So they couldn't Google anything.
0: They actually just had to have it inside their brains.
1: Yeah. Yeah. AI, like all of it's out there. And so somebody who was in the classroom in 2000 telling a 2023, 2024 teacher how to teach, it's, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow. (laughs) So I agree.
0: And I think the ones that I've hated the most are the ones that take time away from my actual planning. Yes. So, okay, you want me to have a plan? Great. But do I actually have to physically write this on my board every day? Do I have to actually address it the way you're addressing it? My do now was never a do now because I hated that <laughs> phrase. Yep. I hated it. And the students were so brainwashed. They were be like, what's our do now? Like, because that's what everybody had to do. And I was like, you don't have a do now. You have a, quiz that you're doing <laughs> now so
1: i did post on facebook i was just curious about instructional strategies that other teachers have been asked to use and one teacher reminded me or asked if i remembered this but our our division decided engagement was the main thing like engagement was the instructional strategy we were after and students had to be engaged and how does one judge
0: a teenager's engagement?
1: <laughs> right.
0: High schoolers at
1: can be staring at a wall and hear everything you say and yes. ace a test, you know? I mean, they're engaged, it just looks different. Or be and drawing. So, right, doodling anything. I mean, I'm a I'm a doodler and I'm also like a daydreamer. You're talking and I'm thinking about something else, but I'll remember what you said. I mm-hmm. just I'm engaged. I just am engaged in other things as well. But our county decided that they were going to do these. I don't even, how long were they? Like 30 second walkthroughs, one minute. I don't yes. remember.
0: Yes. Do you remember Matthew, how long it was? It was really short. It was very short. Like I want to flash. Say it was like, <laughs> flash yeah, principal they were mob. Flash
1: drop-ins. Yeah. So <laughs> they gave us this engagement scale and it was red, yellow, green. And so if you were in the red That meant that you were not engaged, like the class was not engaged. So taking attendance, you're not engaged. Hmm. You know, if you're- Yet it's required. Yeah, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. I did not always do it. and But, you know, if you're doing that or if you're like transitioning from your bell ringer into your lecture or project or whatever you're doing, read- So if you're not engaged the whole time, you're getting marked off on this little chart. So they come in for 30 seconds and they see that, you know, you're on this engagement scale somewhere. I don't know, red, yellow, green. Well, I just remember one day, like I always had a thing that when Monday came around, we talked about our weekends, like Uh how was your weekend? How are you doing? Just a quick check-in. It's just kind of how I built community. I also taught government. So we would talk about current events, like what's going on in the world, that kind of stuff. Well, we were talking about a haunted house and it was actually a news story, but it was a haunted house. And Uh so they came in my 32nd walkthrough. They heard us talking about a haunted house. So of course I got put on red. I was doing all the things I should have been. I was talking about current events. It was like, some crazy haunted house in Tennessee that you have to sign a waiver for. And like, if you make it through, you get paid a million dollars. I don't even remember. Um, But like, it was a current event. It was an event that a student had read about. And so I was doing that. I was engaged in my actual curriculum. I was building community in my class. So I was building relationships. Like I was doing everything right, but because we weren't engaged, I was red and. I was like, I'm so confused. How much more engaged can we be? Like, what? It's true. Because if we were to swing
0: by an administrator and watch them for 30 seconds, how would we judge their engagement? And I've had amazing administrators, but still a 30 second or a one minute snapshot. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I can't. (laughs) Are you engaged? Question mark. Like, it's not something that is measurable and certainly not like why it's a color scale is really tough too because <laughs> we in north carolina we had red yellow green schools so oh. there must have been somebody out there who's like you know what it was the it was... hot
1: topic yeah absolutely what
0: <laughs> whatever we do and push out to the schools should be red yellow or green because <laughs> let's the, there's only three levels
1: <laughs> and then there's my child who's like i'm colorblind mom so they're <laughs> all the same it doesn't matter it's true. <laughs> Great way to look at it. I I just feel like if you were to follow me around all day and cut a 30 second snippet out of my life that you saw all day, it would be terrible. You know, like you would get the weirdest look at my life. It's the same thing I teach my students in government and current events. Don't go by Twitter and the little frame of video that they put. Mm -hmm. Watch the whole video. Get the whole Uh, story.
0: Don't just read the headline. Yeah, Actually read the article.
1: But- but we had up. to be engaged. Mm,
0: that's interesting. Our, I was in one district that had observations as part of the welcome to the district. You're getting observed a lot, which was really interesting for me. I've been teaching 12 years already, and the number of times I got observed in 12 years was once, and... <laughs> Love it was it. a really bad day in my chemistry class. <laughs> we I was teaching a Chem 2 course which was just sort of gifted to me and it was a lot of extra like classes with students I'd had in honors chem but it wasn't AP so it was before I taught AP and I had 12 amazing students in there, and I, I decided that my Chem 2 course was going to be organic chemistry-based because all of them were going off into school. They were all going to do bio or chem majors, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give you some pre-learning here. We're going to spend a whole semester on this. And I that's ordered... when I
1: cry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I ordered this lab kit about alkenes and alkynes where there are different Sorry, I'm not going to lose you, audience. I promise. Um, (laughs) Lost. (laughs) Anyway, there are naturally occurring smells, and then there are chemically synthesized smells, and they are actually within an organic chemistry group. So this lab, we were synthesizing smells, and a certain number of carbons created, like, fruit smells, and then another certain number of carbons created other smells, like bleach dry erase marker and some other things no warning in the lab kit that when you combine all the smells it smells like someone has just thrown up in the hallway like extensive like real bad also didn't help that that day there was a cat dissection happening downstairs so there were kids like reporting to administration like something's going on near the wing where Ms. and like, oh my gosh. Well, also in the lab, we (laughs) had a perfect storm. (laughs) It was a perfect storm. I had a student, we were using super concentrated sulfuric acid and a student knocked over the bottle. And when she picked it up, she didn't tell anybody at the lab station when they were saving and they didn't tell me to neutralize the acid nobody knew the spill happened and this girl went and touched the bottle and it literally burned a hole in her finger so the first and only time I get observed at this school the principal (gasps) walks in I've got a girl with tears just streaming down her face there's like baking soda and all sorts of stuff neutralizing the acid on the side she's Got her hand getting flush with water. The nurse is up there. The whole hall smells like vomit. And that was my only observation. So So you did well. I did great. I kept my job. (laughs) Accident report and all. Well, then I flash to my new district. And I want to impress everyone. And they say, okay, you're part of this mentor program. And you're going to get observed. And here are the instructional strategies we're looking for. And it it, is. It is about engagement. um, And it's so much legwork, right? They want to see repetition. When they walk in the classroom, they want to see you repeating things over and over and over and over and over again. Here are the 12 ways you can do it. So they gave me the tools and we want to see this. We want to see engagement. These are the 19 things we're looking for in our snapshots.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Which was overwhelming for me. I Really, you know, the people pleaser that I am, want to make sure I'm hitting all the boxes. So I would work, work, work. Well, it wasn't just administration observing, it was leader teachers observing as well. And there was one leader teacher who was the Lord's
1: gift to teaching, who definitely. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm picturing all the ones that I've worked with.
0: Right. Um, And definitely had a large ego. And he observed my class every Friday before a break. I could guarantee watching him walk in my classroom and he would sit in for the whole hour and a half. And it was like torture. But I knew the first time he showed up the first Friday before a break, I was like, oh, this is the game we're going to play. This is fun. So then I was prepared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for every right. other Friday, which for my poor students who were in classes all day doing nothing, <laughs> then they would get to their last block class right before break. And I was like, no, we're doing biology. <laughs> like You have no choice because and here comes my observation walking through the door. Um, because for me, I know my students are engaged or at least hopefully engaged if I'm making a lesson that doesn't bore me.
1: Mm-hmm. Like if
0: I'm not bored. Then they shouldn't be bored because it Especially takes a since lot you've to been me. teaching
1: this for this many years. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and that's—I mean, for me, that's my only instructional strategy. I don't ever look and make a list <laughs> when I go to plan a lesson. I'm not like, hmm, what is my mastery objective today? What I is the higher that? level
1: thinking? <laughs> what
0: is what my is my formative D-O-K. assessment? <laughs> Not doing any of that i am thinking how can my students work with our material and mm. have it be fun and then i move from there like i think that that's what's
1: missed yeah coming and down I the pipeline agree, Like i think that authentically as a teacher we know these things like we know what to build into our lessons right? Like I do remember, and if you've been a teacher long enough, every year there's something new that they want you to do. One year we had to have notebooks in our classroom so that when anybody walked in, they could immediately flip to our lesson plan and know exactly what we were doing. Well, how often does that happen? I can spend hours on a lesson plan and then it totally bombs or, you know, students want to ask a question and you get behind, like it is what it is. But we had to like, Put the time you know from eight thirty eight to eight forty two this is what we're doing. Well, then a kid raises his hand at eight forty two you're already thrown off so well, and it'd be one
0: thing if our job didn't involve other people right. I say that because you know my husband has a timestamp on his work. He works from home by himself.
1: Right. There
0: no, but even no that, thirty
1: other people if, in the room. If something happens, it happens. You know, right. your your computer glitches or your internet, internet goes, goes out. out. Yeah, any of that. Like it is just, it's human nature. It's true. Something's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I think like we've heard all of the the buzzwords or the key terms of these, you know, instructional strategies, like direct instruction. When I first started teaching in 2003, it was stand in front of the class and talk to them, teach them, you know, like that's it for 45 minutes, teach them. I'm like, I can't talk. I mean, I can talk for 45 minutes, but not to where somebody wants to hear it (laughs) about government. And so then it was, um you know targeted instruction so not direct it's targeted what what where oh, are those different right like yes. h- explain and then you go into like cooperative learning well it's true i just i was just thinking about that as the next step tell me all the differences in co-teaching things, yeah. co-teaching and then you get into like active learning isn't that cooperative well, how do we know if they're actively learning? <laughs> engagement like are they engaged I mean, there's just I feel like throughout I don't know and then classroom management you always have to have the classroom management and My second year of teaching, I will never forget. I had an observation and we were doing stations because my original background's in elementary. So I was big on stations. I love stations. I love stations. It's so fun. the students actually like it because it's very structured. Yes. So they were going, it was all about elections. So they were like using an electoral college map. They were doing all sorts of things. And I swore that they had to be quiet. They could not talk. I was like, when you move from one to the next, you have to be quiet. And so, I mean, you could hear a pen drop in my classroom. It was so quiet, but they were so good. And they did all their stuff. And at the end of my observation, I walk out with my assistant principal who ended up becoming like head of social studies. And we have a really Mm -hmm. good relationship. And he goes, no lie. These were his words. What the hell did you do to them? And I was like, "What?" He's like, "They are seniors. Why are they not talking? What? Right. What is wrong?" Right. I was like, "I thought they had to be quiet." He's like, "No, that scares me." Yes, I was like, "Okay, good." It kind of scares me too. But
0: I mean, Amy, you and I are never quiet. I no. hate when my students would take a test. I'd be like,
1: "Like, I was like somebody getting somebody talk to me." Yes, I was getting ADHD just sitting there listening to them be quiet because I'm right. like, "What?"
0: So did you feel like you had to be quiet because of the
1: elementary background? I really feel like it was because I was told that direct instruction is how it had to be and mm-hmm. so to me direct instruction is I talk, you listen. The period. end. Yeah. Learning complete. No, I mean like <laughs> right. you don't say anything. You don't question.
0: You don't process. No. It's just going direct into the memory storage of the brains of our mm-hmm. students. Yeah, that's so interesting.
1: I was reading an article that flipped the script of the triangle of like, you know, the superintendent, the school board is at the top and the students are at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it flipped it to make the students and teachers at the top. And that's where we need to be. The teachers need to be able to create what works for them, not administrators, not legislators, not anybody else, but the teacher who's putting on the boots, putting on the hard hat and doing the work.
0: I love the creative process of designing a lesson to challenge my students. So I'm not bored. Like if I'm bored, then my students are bored. It is an amazing amount of thinking that goes into a new class Right? Like I could have a one-hour class and it takes me three and a half to four hours to prep for a new class. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, well, every day a teacher has so many new classes, just to think through that to make something really engaging and fun. And and sometimes it's not engaging and fun, sometimes it's practice. And you have to make that math calculation interesting somehow, you know, I know, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, there's this neat creative process that Every t- teacher is just unique. If mm-hmm. if someone tells me I have to do my creative process a specific way, it's like telling an artist you are only allowed to draw with crayon. The In end. the lines. <laughs> In the lines. like yeah. Or you're not yeah. an artist. You don't get an art gallery. You don't get to showcase mm-hmm. your work because you need to fit in this specific mastery objective, um, you know, DOK well, reasoning,
1: uh, chunk it. Did you chunk Higher that? level thinking and. Oh, and. Did you chunk that? Stop.
0: <laughs> Did you oh. chunk that out? Did you color all the red first and then the orange? Because that's. that's I
1: have like chills right now just hearing all those words. Like I'm just like shaking. Um, yeah, yes. I do agree with that, though, because as you and I were talking just a little bit ago, not every teacher is a creative teacher like you are or, right. you know, like others are. Some teachers are brilliant and just need to talk that through with students. And so I do think sometimes when teachers are judged, it's based on you may not like the creative process in chemistry. Because they just want to talk it through. And so I, I don't think that saying you have to be engaged for 48 minutes in a class will necessarily work for a student who has ADHD and just needs some some quiet time to figure out what they're doing. Not every kid always liked my class, ever. I never had a class that all, you know, 28 kids were like, we love government, Didn't happen. That would have been
0: me, the one who didn't like (laughs) it. Uh But then
1: they would leave my class and go to chemistry and say, I love chemistry. I hate government. Mm -hmm. It's just every kid learns different. Every teacher has to teach different.
0: You have an audience that you're playing to and it has to be different. It has to be new. Some things are, you know, a constant, like your routine, but a routine is not an instructional strategy.
1: No. So... I agree, and I think when I think about my class and i I've already referenced the year that we had to write out our lesson plans, our lesson plans were due Sunday evening, and so you wrote them for the next week, which obviously I teach government if you know we bomb someone on Tuesday, that's totally gonna change the course of what I'm teaching, right, mm-hmm. so like I wrote all this stuff out, it's just not gonna go to plan. I find that when I try to sit down and plan everything and put these instructional strategies in, I lose the authenticity of who I am as a teacher. Yes. I don't get time to build a relationship with my students. I don't get time to talk about what I'm passionate about. And then my students lose interest because. I'm not passionate about it. I can't tell the stories that I have to tell. I mean, like my favorite story to tell is why do I do vocabulary? It's because I sat in class one day talking about the United States being democratic. And a kid came up to me after class fuming mad because he thought I just told him for 48 minutes that he was a Democrat. And Hmm. I'm like, this is why we have to talk about vocabulary. This is why I have to tell these stories because it helps you understand it. And that's, there's no instructional strategy that tells me to be authentic as a teacher. Well, and what if we flipped
0: it, right? What if we took someone off the street and said, what's your area of expertise? Okay. And let's go get someone who's really into computer coding and say, all right, here's a room of students. Here are the only strategies you're allowed to use, because this mm-hmm. is what the district has said. Good luck. Can't uh-huh. wait. Do not veer from my plan. Because that is, I, I mean, that's essentially what administration does to teachers every year. If you were to take anyone else off the street mm-hmm. and say, here, communicate this, but only communicate it this one way, it would never work. And that I, I think that that it does. It takes the creative process. It takes the, every power away from the teachers. Mm -hmm. There is time for instructional strategy. Sure. But there's not, you can't base
1: everything off
0: of it. (laughs)
1: You can't. No, and I, I don't mind learning about right. instructional strategies, right? Like, I don't mind reading about rigor. I don't mind reading about chunking and seeing how these things are useful in a classroom. But I can't do that all day, every day. You can't mm-hmm. say, engagement, that's all we're doing this year our kids are going to be engaged. You're never going to walk into a classroom that has all 28 kids engaged for 48 minutes, an hour and a half, whatever. It's just not going to happen.
0: Well, especially when engagement is something that you can't measure or view. Right. I can't tap into someone's brain <laughs> and see what's actually happening. and Nor do I
1: want to.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I And I think that that is the... Uh, peace that is just lost in education and in a struggle.
1: Teachers are done because all the, the freedom that was given to them has been taken away with instructional strategies.
0: Teachers, we have no way of knowing if you have achieved mastery or have been engaged with our podcast. So you need to complete a formative assessment. It's the only way. No, no.
1: no it's the only remember. way. We're not doing this. <laughs> I'm going to stop her right there. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, teachers, to stay authentic.